Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's edition of JM Rewind. JM Rewind gives us an opportunity to check out some of the recent interviews we've done on JM in the AM. Rabbi Yoshua Marchuk was with us. It's Bike NCSY. That's the big event for the month of August. Check it out. Go to their website, support one of the riders, and listen to this interview. Rabbi Yoshua Marchuk, our guest on JM in the AM, now on JM Rewind at the Nachum Siegel Network. Wednesday morning, JM in the AM. Well, our friends at NCSY who have had a very very busy summer and a very, very busy year. Uh, imagine the challenge that um, youth groups that are basically predicated on social programs, obviously plenty of learning programs. Even the learning programs are based on, you know, getting together and having social activities. So imagine how it's been for NCSY over the last year. Uh, we have an opportunity to support NCSY and the incredible work that they're doing uh, with the Bike NCSY event. In fact, you can go to bike.ncsy.org, bike.ncsy.org to get information about all of this. Rabbi Yoshua Marchuk is with us live via telephone. He's director of NCSY alumni. He is the founder of Bike NCSY. And this year, it officially is happening on August the 8th of 2021. Rabbi Yoshua Marchuk, a pleasure to welcome you back to JM in the AM. Good morning, Nachum. It's great to be back. I appreciate that. I appreciate that. And I know that 2020 was a bit different when it came to this event, and we'll discuss that in a moment. But I also noticed on the website uh, that there are routes this year that could take people through and around Albany, New York, Bergen County, New Jersey, Boca Raton, the Catskills, Chicago, Kensington, Missouri, Kansas City, Long Island, L.A., Manhattan, right here in New York, Miami, Montauk, Portland, Philadelphia, and Seattle. Are those routes an outgrowth of the separation that many of us, uh, unfortunately, have suffered from since the beginning of COVID-19? Or was there always a vision to have Bike NCSY in a variety of places around the United States? Great question, Malcolm. Great question. And uh, the, the, the reality is, is that, that when... Bike NCSY began five years ago. We were we were based up we were based up in the Poughkeepsie area and beautiful, picturesque ride and the like. But it, it really kept it secluded from the vast majority of cyclists around the country. When I say cyclists, I mean everybody, not just the uh, the guys you see in the, in the funny shorts and such, but everyone that would want to ride. It kept it so far away from them. And then the outgrowth, exactly that point, the outgrowth of Bike NCSY came. Uh, last year, in the sense that we had to be separated and we had to go and, and keep our social distance, and and even to this point, the uh, the cycling industry has grown and the Jewish community has grown in their interest of getting on two wheels and getting out there and and to and to cycle. So yeah, we we've always had a dream of to spread it out and to and to give everyone around the country the opportunity to be involved with Bike NCSY, to get involved with Bike NCSY. And, uh, and last year, that, uh, that quote-unquote pivot of the world that we were living in and, uh, and, and still just uh, moving out of it now uh, gave us this opportunity to give everyone in North America an opportunity to participate in Bike NCSY. I'd have to assume that biking is among the industries, and I think you basically just alluded to this, uh, biking is among the, among the uh, industries that really took off over the last year and a half, uh, up there with guitars and photography and other hobbies and activities uh, that we noticed uh, really took off over the last 
year and a half. Would you say that's a good assessment? Um, I would say 100%. And uh, I'll tell you that, uh, you know, a, a number of our corporate sponsors are in our cycling companies, Roy's and Specialized, Roy's and she said they, um, and they told me that they're, they're, the biggest issue is, is that they can't keep enough stock in, you know, <laughs> over the last few years. People have, have really uh, attached themselves, you know, to the saddle and really gone out there. It's ironic that you said guitaring also because, uh, you know, in this family, I've, I'm a cyclist, and uh, my wife has also picked up, you know, guitar over the <laughs> past year. But, yes, 100% is, uh, there's been an outgrowth and, and a passion to getting out there on the pavement. Rabbi Yeshua, Mark Chuck is with us, bike.ncsy.org. You know what we're going to recommend. We're going to recommend you choose a rider and sponsor immediately. It's bike.ncsy.org. The official ride is on the 8th of uh, August, and it supports the great work of NCSY, which Rabbi Mark Chuck will discuss with us in a moment. Uh, so it's funny. The 2021 bike NCSY is going to look a lot more similar to the COVID 2021 than the 2019 one. Because now, uh, because you, I mean, obviously COVID encouraged people to do outdoor activities and that whole transition was uh, uh, was undertaken last year. Uh, but now you're, as we said, you're incorporating all these different routes, not requiring people in any way to fly in or to, or to bike in from anywhere to participate. And, um, you know, I, I guess, again, it, it, it just looks more and more uh, like you've taken the best of pre-COVID and the best of COVID and have gone ahead and formed Bike NCSY 2021. Is, is it, you know, it's one of, the, one of the things we always talk about when you're on for this event is that along the route, that, that the route's planned out really well. And there's first aid stations and there's people keeping an eye on X, Y, and Z. And you want to make sure the traffic is, you know, is dealt with in a proper manner. Is is it possible to do that for all the routes that you've listed on the website? So the 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 reality is is that there are there are bigger sites and smaller bigger routes and smaller routes, just depending on what's going on in the uh, the registration. We have lots of lots of routes to option from at this point, and uh, as the communities build, we offer more and more resources. What we do is check out every route that's posted on. This way we know that it's been proven and that it's, it's safe and that it's viable. Um, the bigger the, uh, the population area, the more resources we can provide. But every route in itself is a safe and, and cleared route so we make sure that everyone is comfortable with. Um, and, we're, and we're proud to say that as, as we're growing as a, uh, as a program, um, we see that we have riders that are already registered from northern New Jersey, that's Passaic, Bergen County, Teaneck, the like. You know, West Hempstead has a strong contingency already, the five towns. We have a big team in Philadelphia, riders in Florida, Chicago, California, Calgary, Toronto, Seattle, you know, the Catskills. We're, we're, we're at this point three weeks away, and we, and we have riders all over the, all over the, uh, the country, basically, all over North America. So yeah, so when the the uh, the outgrowth, as you were just asking about and, and, and touching base on, of of what bike NCSY has become, we can also take as the best of what COVID had and what pre-COVID had, and in places like Philadelphia, in places like the Five Towns, in Northern Jersey, we're going to have finish festivals, which we couldn't do last year. Last year it was solely a ride that we were able to keep social distancing from, and it was it, it was a way of getting out and doing something productive with your body and productive for Israel. The monies that we raise there, and we'll talk about that in a minute, is going to support so many kids going to learn in Eretz Yisrael and Yeshiva and Seminary. Yeah. So people stepped up for, the, for that for that purpose alone. 
But now we can start to go back in this reflection of, you know, what is it like to finish a ride and, and reconnect with people? So packs of people are starting to develop in different places. Friends are recruiting other friends to go ahead and say, okay, let's go ahead and do this together. Let's go ahead and have a good time together. And let's go ahead and then gather together after the event to go ahead, after the ride, to go ahead and celebrate with friends and family. What, what route are you doing? Uh, I'm going to be doing the Five Towns route. Um, I have a desire to do, which is going to be along the Farakwe Boardwalk, over in through uh, through uh, Breezy Point, uh, the uh, and then back to uh, you know back to you know, over the Farakwe Bridge. We're going to that's the Belt Parkway little strip. I think that uh, many people are aware of when you're riding uh, down the Belt Parkway. It's on the right hand side, going from Brooklyn towards Long Island. Um, so it's about 40 miles and such. Uh, what I want to do, I have always been running the event is we also have a 110-mile route going from the five towns out to Montauk, and we'll have a bus going there. What what I'm really alluding to, um, Nachum, is is that we have rides on all different levels. We have a 10-mile ride in the five towns area. We have a 40-mile ride in the five towns area. We have a 35-mile ride in in northern New Jersey, and we also have a 110-mile ride. And the idea is the following is, is that, you know, there are certain bike rides that are going on out there that are for the, you know, a, you know, serious men and serious women and, and going out there. And we're offering that as an option, a very strong option. And we had, you know, uh, we had nearly three dozen riders that, that did this ride last year. And we're looking to even grow that this year. By the so way, what, what, what yeah. I can see why is bringing that is so different is that we are really focused on the family ride. That's primarily where we're going for, where, where, where parents and children can go out and do this together. They can train together. They can go ahead and ride together. And they go ahead and it, it, it's not just going ahead and doing the exercise. It's not just going ahead and raising money for an important sucker. But it's going ahead and bringing the family unit together, which is what NCSY stands so strongly for. And when the fathers and the sons and the, and the mothers and the sons and the daughters all get together, and whatever, and whatever combination, and go out there and do this ride together, it's really, really, really beautiful, and there's a tremendous amount of, of positivity that comes out for the family unit as well for Kai Israel. Rabbi Yoshua Marchuk is with us. He directs uh, NCSY alumni. He's the founder of Bike NCSY. The event is August 8th. We encourage everybody, and we'll continue to encourage everybody to register and or sponsor a rider. Go to bike.ncsy.org, bike.ncsy.org. You'll see how many routes how many riders there are, plenty of opportunity, get involved. All right, Marchuk, uh, anybody who's a parent in our community knows how expensive yeshiva and seminary in Israel is, how expensive it is to educate our children. Tell me about the role that NCSY has through this event to help alleviate some of that pressure. You know, NCSY is is about moving all teenage children from one level of Yiddishkeit to the next. We're a Kirov organization, and Kirov is needed through, throughout Klai Yisrael. We feel in our, it's our responsibility to partner together with yeshivas and seminaries to financially get our teens to learn in yeshiva and seminary. Yep. Everyone is well aware of the amazing work that David Cutler does with, with summer programs. Fantastic. And there are thousands of kids in Eric Searle, as we speak, having an amazing experience. But all of that is in preparation. All the emphasis our program, program is in preparation for a life of Torah and, 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 and mitzvot. And yeshiva and seminary after high school graduation is such a critical part of that equation. What Bike and CSY does is it helps raise those funds to be able to help give scholarships 
to our teams to go ahead and go from high school graduation to go learn in Eretz Israel. The calling, if not before, was amazing. Was, was, was massive. Al-Kamba-Kamba, even more so now that we've gone through this COVID time and, and that and a lot of people have really been hit hard, there's even a stronger desire and calling to help for scholarship dollars. What Bike NCSY does is, is raise that money and move us forward. You know, what you were, you were just asking to, you know, and, and by the way, Malcolm, you know, not only am I going to do my annual pitch to find out which route you're taking this year to join with us, and we are dying for that opportunity to have you join us and ride, and we can talk about that offline if you like, even further. But, but, but you yourself this past week were standing in a, in a yeshiva that we, 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 we send students to every year. You were at Asha Torah. We were, your Gesher, the Gesher program at Asha Torah is a strong partner of ours. And what a good program it is. students to be there. Yeah, what an amazing program. In Eretz Israel. I'm sorry? Yeah. Now, as I say, what an amazing program it is. It's an amazing program, and it's just one of a million examples that we can give of where young men and or young women are going to study in Israel and bike NCSY, and the event makes it possible. There's so many different venues that NCSY raises money so that they can help fund the future of the Jewish people. And what you said is so right. All you're looking to do is help kids grow. All you're looking to do is help parents uh, do what they need to do in order to get their kids, to men or women, to the next level, and Israel is such an important component. You mentioned summer in Israel. We talk about the year in Israel, Rabbi Marchuk. <laughs> it is one of the, or both of those, I should say, are two of the most important components to making sure our children continue to grow educationally and religiously. Thank you, Nachum. I have to tell you, you know, we, we talk about our Israel and, and summer programs. Just last week, yeah. I went to Baltimore, to ah. go visit NCSY Camp Sports, nice. which is the oldest NCSY summer program right. yet we have. It's run by Rabbi John Green. He's the greatest. Uh, close friend of mine, oh, yeah. as well as an amazing, amazing professional. And I went down there, and I went to their Mishmar, and I, I, was, I was there for a couple of days, and to hear the Kol Torah in the base measures of public school boys and yeshiva day school boys yeah. learning in the near Yisrael base Medrash. Yeah. That's where NCSY, some, in Camp NCSY, I'm sorry, Camp Sports, takes place in the Nei Yisrael Beis Medrash. Right. And to see boys of all different shapes and sizes and colors going ahead and learning together, and the culture is absolutely beautiful. And Camp Sports, as an example, you, you were mentioning, if you're looking for someone to sponsor, Camp Sports has now fielded a team, which is on the on the team's page of our bikes.mcsy.org site. You know, they're raising money to send their own peers to learn in Yeshiva Seminary. So now, now what do I do? Sponsor, you can move it out now what do I do? Do I sponsor Marchuk or Green? Now what do I do? I'm in a terrible dilemma. <laughs> <laughs> and this then, should be the dilemma we should all have. And then, <laughs> and then I saw one of the Pollock kids from West Hempstead is in this thing, and my daughters are going to insist I sponsor them. I mean, this is crazy. <laughs> uh, Rabbi Yeshua, Marchuk, and I encourage everybody to do the sponsoring. Do it. You could do what I, I'm, I'm going to end up doing, <laughs> sponsoring multiple people, or you could just go and find one rider uh, to sponsor the Bike NCSY event. And if you want to ride, there are a lot of great routes around the country. Check it all out. It's a beautiful website, has all the information, and it gives you a, a wonderful boost if you're thinking about participating in the event. It's August 8th, bike.ncsy.org, bike.ncsy.org. Sponsor a rider. Uh, we'll remind everybody over the next few weeks as we build up to the event that there are plenty of people there on the list uh, to sponsor. And if you want to register and be part of this biking event, especially with your families, right, Marchuk pointed out, which is so cool, that it's bike.ncsy.org.
Uh, must feel great being the founder of this and watching it grow like this. I'm really proud of this event. I'm really proud of what it does for the, the, the teams that receive the, the, the money, but I'm really proud of what yeah. it's done for the participants of, of Bike MCSY. They feel good physically. They feel good spiritually. And it just brings more and more families together yeah. and friends together as we, uh, as we go through life. No so thank you so much for the opportunity to talk about it. Martin. Oh, my pleasure and continued success to you and enjoy the event. August 8th, everybody, bike.ncsy.org. Rabbi Yoshua Marchuk, the founder of the event, and my God, his heart is completely into this, and now so many people could say the same thing. There are a lot of people really dedicated to doing this ride, participating, and raising as much money as possible. Bike.ncsy.org. More coming up. It's JM in the AM. That was my conversation with Rabbi Yoshua Marchuk. Rachel Berger of Nefesh Benefesh discussed with us employment in Israel in a recent conversation on JM in the AM. Here she is on JM Rewind on the Nahum Siegel Network. Uh, Rachel Berger is with us. We have an opportunity to check out at a very, very important time of the year, a very active time of the year for Nefesh Benefesh. Uh, one of the most important aspects of what Nefesh Benefesh does, and that's, of course, employment and recruitment. Rachel Berger is the vice president of employment and recruitment for Nefesh Benefesh, of course, based in Israel. Uh, Rachel, a pleasure to welcome you back to JM in the AM. I'm so happy to be here. Appreciate that very much. I, I, I don't remember the exactly the last time we spoke i have a feeling it was during covid and i mean the height of it when people were um uh, making when many people in north america were making decisions to move to israel and i don't remember how active or inactive the job market was then how inactive or active is the job market in israel right now so right now there has never been a better time to be an english speaker and wanting to get into the job market in israel Um, I have to tell you something, which I think your listeners will really, uh, you know, have their jaw drop. The uh, situation is such that there are signs now in Tel Aviv on the ILO saying, come work with me. If you're an English speaker, we need you to work with us. The big companies, the companies in tech are recruiting not only through Nefesh Benefesh and not only through social media and not only through LinkedIn, but they started putting signs up on the highway because the need for professional people to work in these industries is so great. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. What what an indication is right. <laughs> and I don't know how long this is going to last, uh, but I want to encourage people who are, in fact, English speakers, especially in the key industries, uh, to pay careful attention as this is a very good time, the summer of 2021, to get those Nefesh Benefesh applications in. What are the industries? What are the, the, the ones who are putting up those signs? They are likely affiliated with what type of work? So uh, there have been a lot of uh, companies, we call them unicorns, that have gone public in the recent year. Uh, companies like Monday.com, SimilarWeb, and they have gotten valuations in the billions of dollars. And so people with a global background, whether it is people in sales, people in, who are programmers and have tech skills, people in marketing, people who want to be in-house counsel and want to work in legal, pretty much the whole professional gamut, uh, there is a huge need for um, English language professional uh, people to come and work in these industries. And I'll tell you something. I, um, I helped a guy out about four years ago. Yeah. He came to me. He was looking for a job. 
And uh, and I said to him, listen, you have the skill set. He, he had just studied law and history, but he didn't want to be a lawyer. I said, you have the skill set uh, to do research for this company. Anyway, long story short, he was the fourth hire as research. Today he's the director of compliance there. <laughs> they have 70 people in Israel and another 20 people in the Ukraine, oh my God. meaning fourth person in there. The startup situation is, at, is out of control. And, you know, there are people actually who are making Aliyah today to just be part of the economy. Right. Because the economy is so hot that people say, look, you know, I have the ability to move to Israel. I have the ability to make Aliyah. I want to be part of something that is really um, innovative and different, and I can also contribute by being here and being a part of these companies. So uh, it's an amazing time to look for a job right now. Rachel Berger with us um, from Nefesh Benefesh. So with that in mind, I don't mean to put a downer on this, but just to get a perspective, is there any industry where you would tell people or you would hesitate to tell people run to Israel? Like, are there are there still you know people of a certain employment background where it would be a major challenge still right now? So, are there still certain um, uh, professions that are in process of being licensed and they're not a hundred percent? You know, uh, equal. Like, if you're working in America uh, in those industries, coming over to Israel can be a little challenging in those industries. But having said that, if a person is open, you know, a lot of times people say, my career defines me. This is what I do. Right. But I'm flipping this and saying, let's look at this from a different perspective. Let's look at this and say, hey, there is opportunity in these industries. Maybe I will work in these industries because that is where the market is at. And I can make an awesome living. Right. I want to share with the listeners something that Nefesh Benefesh started doing because it's just, it's an amazing thing. We started something called Sales, uh, well, we partnered actually with a company called Sales Class. Right. Sales Class is training people who were loan soldiers, people who had trouble in terms of uh, getting themselves a good uh, career in Israel. We're training them to be SDRs. And they're starting out with good salaries in Israel and high-tech companies. We do this program with six weeks of training, and then they find a job within a month. We're on our third cohort, and the idea is do the training, get skilled up in order to be part of the scale-up nation. We always talk about being part of the startup nation, and um, now we're talking about being part of the scale-up nation because, these companies that have gotten these investments and these valuations need to sell their product, and they need people with English language mother tongue level to get um, to get these positions and be a part again. Like I said, in sales and marketing, and accounting, and legal, and programming, and um, and so what we've done is by partnering with Sales Class, we're starting to produce the talent in order to get people decent jobs in Israel. I have to go back to a point you made uh, a, a moment ago, and that is, look, th- this is why you're vice president of employment and recruitment, because you're not just looking to, to fill positions, you're also looking to take worthy candidates, and if they need adjustment, if they need to pivot, as we say in 2021, and take their skills and go into a little bit of a different area, you're there to guide them. But I think it's an important point to make in general for those who are considering Aliyah and are worried about employment. They have skills. 
if they have skills, management skills, they're able to you know to do certain things well, but they haven't really uh, uh, either applied those skills to their current job or they feel that if they get into a different industry, their skills will be more pronounced. This is something that they have to make you aware of because if they have skills, if they have abilities that are in different areas or, or abilities they've demonstrated in another industry which could translate into a secondary industry, this is something that, again, you're encouraging them to pursue. So aside from your task of helping people get jobs, I think the task of those on this side of the world who are considering Aliyah is to think broadly about what ultimately they could do in many different situations. 100%. 100%. You have to be really open and look at where, look, we're in the middle of a, revolu- of a revolution. Think about COVID and what it did and how people are now working remotely or they're working in a hybrid situation. That's a revolution. We're in the middle of a tech revolution. It's like the industrial revolution. Open your eyes, see it. It's all around you. The way we operate is not the way our, our parents or grandparents operated, meaning, you know, from everything to the Salesforce to the tel- cell phone to just how we, how we work is different. And Israel is at the forefront of creating these tech solutions. And it's interesting. I did um, an article for somebody, and I said to him, if in the 1950s you came to Israel to pick oranges and to drain swamps, Today, Zionism is to be part of a tech company. Yeah. I mean, I know it sounds crazy, and not everybody's <laughs> going to be. Obviously, a physical therapist is going to be a physical therapist. Right. But I'll tell you something. I did a placement on a physical therapist in a tech company to do teledoc kind of things, so it's remote physical therapy, which is, sounds like such a weird idea. But, um, but even a physical therapist got a job at a tech company. I'm pretty amazing, I'll tell you. And I'm also always thinking about teachers, teachers who, you know, may be limited in, in where they can get to in terms of a principal jobs and administrative jobs in this country. I mean, obviously, there's only, you know, a certain number. And I would think in the English language community, the one you were citing earlier, that there might be opportunities in education, administration, et cetera, where they are looking specifically for people who are English speakers or might ultimately become bilingual. A hundred percent. And I'll tell you two things. One is that there's a huge movement in ed tech today, so that there's a guy who, who made Aliyah with us about 10 years ago. He opened up an ed tech solutions company, um, and basically he's offering courses online. He has multiple clients all over the planet, and he hires teachers. But COVID was amazing for him, and this OLED company, you know, just had such an increase of clients and customers. So that's one element of it. And the other thing is that you have people who uh, not, say they want to pivot out of, out of education who take their um, writing skills and their education skills right. and they move it into content writing. But if people want to stay in education, there's a huge need to teach English as a second language, not only in the school system, but also in the um, in the general system, uh, if you, there was an article in Globes just talking about the level of English language of uh, of the workplace in Israel, and there's a huge need for people to work with adults in terms of getting their English on a global level. Israel must be on a global level, you know. Of we're, course, we're not. It's not a tiny country anymore. 
Absolutely amazing. I mean, it's tiny and lands. Yeah, I get, I get it. <laughs> I get it. But, yeah. but you're opening up my. Even I sometimes don't appreciate where Israel is in 2021. If we just look at the shift, at the shift and the development, it's really two things happening at once: development and growth, and then the shift of the way things are and how Israel is now the leader of world jury. Quite quite obviously, and I don't think anybody can deny that, and everybody has to know that when it comes to uh, employment companies and opportunities, it's the same as well. Uh, by the way, I would assume that uh, just like when Mark joined us, we went through some of the videos and tutorials and webinars that are available as recordings. I mean, now we don't, you don't, if people can join a live webinar and be part of any discussion, including on employment, on employment, but in addition to that, uh, there are so many videos at this point that you've posted on the website at NBN dot org dot il that anybody wants to pursue further and hear what you and others have to say further about employment they're all there uh the videos are up and i'm, I'm sure you join me in inviting people to check them out a hundred percent i want to say that we've had a series over this past year called tech ops focusing specifically on the opportunities in, in this forefront of where work is going and on the 11th of july we have one for breaking into the tech market if you have no experience. On the 12th, we have one for lawyers um, to hear about the different opportunities that are coming up. So I just want to share with our audience that besides having the recorded versions, we also have a couple of upcoming ones that I encourage you to be a part of. Well, you know, it's an interesting thing. I want to quote another Ola of mine that he said, he said the funniest thing. He went to YU. And he said, so his mother said to him, so what are you going to do? So she expected that he would say something like an accountant, a lawyer, a finance guy. He says, I'm going into food tech. (laughs) And she's like, what's food tech? (laughs) What is that? And he said, look, you moved to Israel, and there's just this whole world of other things going on. He, he lived in a small village, and he, um, he got involved in growing uh, vegetables, uh, mushrooms, I don't know, different kinds of vegetables. And now he's working for a global company on soil and, like, what the best soil is for, um, for the vegetables that he was growing. And he's working on an international level, water tech. Who says they're going to work in water tech? But that's a thing because, again, you're solving environmental issues. You're solving big, big issues. And Israel's doing that. Pretty amazing. It's amazing to be a part of it. Just incredible. And I want to point out, by the way, that when you go to nbn.org.il, folks, and you check out the employment tab, I mean, it, it, there's so much more. They have a whole section on Israeli professions, a section about degrees and licensing. You might be in an industry, obviously, where you're concerned about transferring or obtaining a new degree or and or licensing, how to manage your job search, all the legal rights and benefits, info for students, singles, soldiers, etc. I mean, there's a lot of stuff. It's not just for a 10, 15-minute conversation. It's for you to take on the task uh, if you believe that the future of the Jewish people is in the state of Israel and that your future is in the state of Israel, to go to the website, study more, and get your application in. It's nbn.org.il, nbn.org.il. And I can only imagine the reward that you're getting, Rachel Berger, for helping people all these years get jobs. We know in our tradition how uh, how people who help people get jobs are regarded, so we continue to bless you for continued success in that area. Thank you so, so much. It's delightful to be with you. Appreciate that very much, and hopefully looking forward to seeing you soon in the Holy Land. Rachel Berger, everybody, she is the person behind one of the most important uh, um, uh, departments at Nefesh Benefesh Employment and Recruitment. She serves as vice president 
and take her advice. This is this is th- as we know. It's one of the reasons why we're stepping up our nefesh benefesh conversations. We know just how many people in June, July, and August are considering Aliyah and considering life changing. Her life changes. Uh, now's a good time. Nbn.org.il, Nbn.org.il, or eight six six four Aliyah eight six six number four, and then A L I Y A H. Wednesday morning broadcast. J M in the A M. That was my conversation with Rachel Berger. Rabbi Aryeh Reese was on JM the AM recently to discuss Kesser Torah Estates, a unique community in the state of Connecticut. Rabbi Reese, a recent guest on JM the AM. Here he is on JM Rewind on the Nachum Siegel Network. Uh, Rabbi Aryeh Reese, who is the Menahel of Yeshiva Yesodeh HaTorah, is with us live via telephone. Yeshiva Yesodeh HaTorah, is in a newly constructed high school building in Kesser Torah Estates in a Jewish community that is being built in central Connecticut in a town called Nogituk. Rabbi Aryeh Reese, a pleasure to welcome you to JM in the AM. Good morning, Rabbi Nachum. How are you doing? Everything Thank is, you so much for having me. Uh, a pleasure. So there's... Uh, there's something to be said to being on the ground floor of establishing a new Jewish community, huh? <laughs> that is definitely very true. It's a very rewarding to be part of this project. I can only imagine. Tell me about how this started. I mean, wh- when did Nogituk and your uh, and you being Menahel at Yisodei Atara, when, when did all this begin? I would say five years ago. The community of Waterbury, which is about 12 minutes away right. from Nagatuk, approached Rabbi Lander, the Shishiva of Orachayim, right. and they invited him to the community to create a Mesifta for their in-town boys. And uh, Rabbi Lander asked me, I was then working in Orachayim in the Yeshiva as a Shoyal Meshev and in his high school, Yisaidi Shurun in Queens. And uh, he asked me if I would be the Menahel and the ninth grade Rabbi of uh, of this Masifta. So I took the job and we moved to Waterbury and the Masifta began with seven Bachan, seven boys, about five years ago. And uh, Baruch Hashem were five years later and it's over 60 Bachan. And uh, when we were looking for a, a location suitable for, to house our Masifta, um, in Waterbury itself we couldn't find a property, a building, a campus. So we started to look in the outskirts and in the neighboring towns. And uh, there's a very talented genius builder named Bobby Jacobs, who has been working with Rabbi Lander since the early 1990s and helping Rabbi Lander build all of his moistos. Uh He found a 55-acre campus in Naugatuck, Connecticut, and uh, that's where we decided to purchase the property and begin building the Masifta. Now, Rabbi Lander, a visionary, uh, saw this as an opportunity to build a Torah-oriented community wow. surrounding and anchored by the yeshiva. And he, he hired a Reish Koylel, who will be the Rav of this kehila, named Rabbi Moshe Makavaz, um, <clears throat> a Paisik and a Talmud Chacham, and he moved out with 10 Yungalites to Nagatuk, who are currently living on campus and a tremendous asset to our yeshiva. And uh, the idea came where let's create a community 
that the center of it is uh, is Tyra, is a Kailal, is a yeshiva, and could be an affordable place, a beautiful, aesthetically beautiful place for families to live. You so, have to understand, Nachum, yeah. that Nagatuk is a uh, is a rural country like setting. It's a uh, it's a very beautiful town. And uh, it has a very relaxing feel. It's an oasis away from the crazy busyness of the New York. Um, so that's how Nagatuck began, and then this is how this so, we're... So essentially, at this point, you're a Kolel community, and we know how those have begun around the country, you know, many, many times, uh, quite often. And, and this, this, I guess you could say, is an offshoot of Waterbury. There must be tremendous advantages that you're that close to Waterbury, but yet the school is, you know, somewhat of a distance from there. There must be a tremendous advantage just in terms of educating uh, the boys and keeping them focused on their studies, I would imagine. Um, yes. and, and now you have this Kolel community uh, with families, I would assume, that are either Kolel families or those who are, like yourself, uh, in the administration or, or part of the Rebbeim of the yeshiva. Is there potential to make this a growing Jewish community? In other words, are there people now interested in coming to Nogatuk and not just being, you know, uh, members of the Kolel or members of the Masifta, but, you know, regular people, so to speak, who will find this right. to be, who will find this to be a, uh, an inspiring Jewish community? Yes. I tell you like this, you, you have to picture all the lot, the campus is 55 acres. Seven acres belongs to the yeshiva, and the rest, the 48 acres, are, set, are designated for residential. Each lot is between a quarter to a half an acre, and there's a nice uh, division between the two, the healthy distance, so that families could have their privacy and they don't feel like they're living on the yeshiva campus. Right. Um, we're permitted for 88 homes. Um, and plus the, I think, actually 84 homes, and with the Coyle families, it could be 100 families. We get phone calls all the time, and much interest. Uh, people call, and they're inquiring. Uh, as of now, we have four families that are going to be moving onto the campus as of Elul, which will be the beginning of KTE, Kesatora Estates. And uh, we take it day by day. Now, um, and Rabbi uh, Aryeh Reese, Menachel Visodeh HaTorah in Naugatuck, Connecticut, is with us live via telephone. You said you started with ninth grade. Is it a full high school now? Yes, next year we're very excited. Next year will be the first year. will be all four grades, 9th, 10th, 11th, 12th. And what has evolved was that not only are we catering to the Waterbury community, uh, about half the yeshivas from Waterbury, we, we, op we began our dormitory on our out-of-town track, and we have boys from Muncie, Passaic, Baltimore, Rhode Island, Cleveland, Dallas, Miami. We have boys from all, all through America, all throughout the United States, who come to the, our yeshiva and enhance the Ruach. I'm, I'm just looking at a map right now. I feel like I'm doing a road trip uh, a podcast because this is what we usually do during those podcasts. I'm looking at a map just to see what's going on. I mean, you're right. You're, you're not that far from New Haven. Uh, Waterbury, right. Waterbury is relatively familiar to this audience at this point. Uh, and obviously we understand because it's right in the center of Connecticut that you're not uh, that far, obviously, from New York. Um, I'm just trying. Oh, so Waterbury's a drop north, now, right? That 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 would basically Correct. describe it. Waterbury's a drop north of where you are. So you're even, in all seriousness, for those who wonder about distance to New York, visiting relatives, etc., you're even closer to New York than Waterbury is. Yeah, we're about 15 minutes closer. Yeah, so that makes it even better. Uh, Rabbi Ari Reese is with us. The Menachel at Yisodei Torah in a place that we never thought or knew had a had a yeshiva, and that's Naugatuck, Connecticut. 
15 minutes south of Waterbury. And as you heard, he credits uh, Bobby Jacobs and Rabbi Lander and others for um, helping found this, uh, what's going to be a full community, which is absolutely unbelievable. All right, um, uh, Rabbi Reese, uh, it's no secret that the following question always seeps its way into conversations about topics like this that I am leading and that this audience is listening to, and I'm sure our audience is curious about it. How have the local people in Naugatuck and Central Connecticut reacted to there being a yeshiva in town? It's interesting. This town, it's a small town. Um, when we began this project, it was um, uh, the higher-up members of the Hanhala met with the mayor of Naugatuck, and they embraced us very much. Wow. They wanted us to move. They gave us the necessary permits in very quick time, uh, quicker than we would have gotten in other places. And uh, our neighbors are very friendly, and we get along with everyone over here. They're very excited to have us here. And again, you have to picture a small town where everyone knows each other by name, and it's a very friendly place. So we've been well-received, and people and the government officials and uh, all of those that are involved in the process are very happy for us to be here, and they're making it very easy for us, low taxes, things like that. I, I, mean, make- I mean, this is very important to us. Do people like you, and I'm, I'm, I'm asking this frankly, do people like you reach out and, 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 and try your hardest to be in, uh, you know, in, in friendly, in friendly uh, uh, um, uh, communication with neighbors? Yes, yes. Very That's much. amazing. So, you know, the boys, it's amazing. the boys, the, the Shiva Bochum helped very much. You know, the, uh, anyone who comes by, they go over, how are you, what's your name? We're very welcoming, and we've, uh, we've received a, a, a warm welcome from our neighbors and the community here in Naugatuck. Amazing. That, that's what makes it the, I mean, look, all of this is wonderful. The fact that you can make it into a Kiddush Hashem is, you know, a, a wonderful bonus. Um, which is so wonderful to hear, so nice to hear. Uh, it's Kesser Torah Estates that's being built in Naugatuck, Connecticut. <laughs> Amazing. Uh, with Yeshiva Yesodei Torah close by, very close by, by Aryeh Reese is the Menahel, and uh, they're doing quite a job at building this community. Well, Rabbi Reese, is really only one thing left to uh, ask you now that our listeners are aware of this, and that is how do people get information about exploring the possibility of helping you build the Jewish community of Naugatuck? Very good. So we have a, a website and a phone number. Should I give it to you now? Please. It's KT Estates. That's Kessler Torres. So it's KT Estates, Connecticut, which is CT, at gmail.com. Let me say it all together. KT Estates, CT, at gmail.com. Or you can call 203 490 and I and look. We're not going to discuss, you know, numbers on the air, obviously. But I would have to assume uh, that a community like this and where it is, etc., for for a lot of people, this would be a really good opportunity, right? I'd have to assume that. Correct. Let, let me explain to you. We made four models, four basic models. Uh, the smallest one is about twenty five hundred square feet. The largest one is about forty five or forty three hundred square feet, and the uh, what you would buy from KT Estates is the parcel of land, the lot, and then you're free to do what you like. Wow. The Shiva does have a builder that we're working with with discounted rates and very affordable, but you're free to do whatever you like if you have someone who you want to build with or you have your own ideas. That's fine. And frankly, this is not a bad summer home idea, not to suggest that you're suggesting that. I know you want people there year-round, but it's not the craziest thing. 
for someone to explore it for that possibility as well. Yeah, yeah. You, you should know, Nachum, we have the, uh, a camp who's here right now just for 10 days. And we have many, many phone calls of people wanting to come here for the summer. There's a basketball court. There's a volleyball court. We hope to build a pool, a gym. It's a uh, very, I said before, there are, there's parks here. Uh, on campus, there, there's, uh, there's small bodies of water. There is a, a bridge. There's grass. It's very pretty. Trees. A very relaxing country-like setting. Ah, you've gotten me uh, intrigued, to say the least. Uh, Kesser Torah State. Kesser Torah Estates, everybody. It's in Naugatuck, Connecticut. Here's how you get information. KT Estates CT for Connecticut. KT Estates CT at gmail.com. KT Estates CT at gmail.com or call them at 203-490-4078. Again, that's 203-490-4078. Or by R.E. Reese's Menahel at Yisodea Torah. Thanks so much for joining us this morning. Thank you very much. All the best to you. A pleasure. More coming up at JM in the AM. That was my conversation with Rabbi Aryeh Reese of Kesser Torah Estates. Helen Zabo discussed the two-a-day for Israel phone campaign. It's an important initiative. All the details are in the conversation. Here she is on JM Rewind at the Nachum Siegel Network. A Monday at JM in the AM. Well, the big question always is, especially in light of the, or in the aftermath of the um, war on Hamas, and uh, we saw the way both our government officials and our leaders and our and our media portrayed so many things regarding Israel. The question is how to get involved and to uh, alleviate some of what's going on. Well, there's something called a two-a-day for Israel phone campaign. A two-a-day for Israel phone campaign. And uh, with us live via telephone is one of the uh, leaders of the two-a-day team, that's Helen Zabo. And by the way, Helen's speaking to us from the West Coast, so it's really, really early in the morning for her. Uh, for that, we feel terrible, but we're glad that she's with us because I think a lot of people in this audience will find uh, this uh, organization or this organized effort very, very useful and very, very important. Helen Zabo, a pleasure to welcome you to JM in the AM. Thank you so much. Tell me Thank how, you for having me. A pleasure. Tell me how all this started, this two-a-day for Israel. So during this last conflict, when we were all sitting around watching what was going on in Israel, and we felt helpless, we didn't know what to do. We're all very active in our own communities and what we do here, and we were frustrated. We didn't. We wanted to go to Israel. We wanted to help. We wanted to do something. So we talked. Five of us got together, and we we decided to get our friends together and try to come up with something to do. And we got together and we had a list of members of Congress to call, people to call to thank for their support for Israel, those to call to urge them to get involved and ask them to get involved and and, and be supportive of Israel. And then those who were not so supportive to ask them to maybe change their minds. So we, we got them together the first day, and it was very successful. Everybody felt like they were doing something that they actually could get involved. Yeah. And it was so successful that we thought, why not have people take the list home? <laughs> and from that, it grew to a two-a-day. And every day we send out an email with two people to target. It takes five minutes, 
Everybody can call from their home, from their office, on their way to work. If by chance somebody wakes them at 5 o'clock in the morning to, you know, make a phone call. And so they call. Right. I got to I got to interrupt you for a second just to read the way the two-a-day for Israel team presents this. They say... There's no fundraising. There's no partisanship. It takes five minutes. Often, I would bet it's less than five minutes. What they do is they send a daily email with names and numbers of two influencers, government officials, etc., to call. Now, uh, you have an example here because I got the email that says, please thank and contact uh, Matthias Doffner, a German business executive and journalist, to simply thank him for flying the Israeli flag at his business headquarters while Hamas and Israel were at war. Some people may not realize that that is a really important thing to do, pretty simple thing to do, Um, but he's got 18,000 or 16,000 employees, and his influence is vast. So that's one really good example. I like giving an example from outside of politics. That's one really good example, and I'm assuming that this is the type of thing that goes on every day. Yes, so... At the beginning, it was really only American politicians who we were targeting. And as we're getting further away and anti-Semitism is happening, we decided we were going to expand it. And we heard of this Matthias Duckner, and he actually told his employees, if you're not okay with me flying the Israeli flag in our headquarters, you can leave. And we thought that was so brave that we wanted to thank him. So he probably will be getting hundreds of emails. Obviously, because he's in Germany, we're not calling. In the United States, we usually call. But we're thanking him, as well as Angela Merkel, the chancellor of Germany. Yeah. That's the second action for today. Correct. Oh, it's actually literally you sent me today's action, the one that's happening on Monday, June the 28th. Exactly. So I figured that after this, your radio, your today, you can call them and be part of it. All right. So the question is, and I mean, this is, look, this is pretty simple. It's not a, a difficult concept here. Uh, Helen Zabo is with us live via telephone. She's part of the two-a-day team. And again, the the idea is for short, respective, positive um, uh, phone calls, or in this case, because we're dealing with Germany today, uh, daily emails uh, to two politicians, influencers, government officials, et cetera, et cetera, whoever the two-a-day folks uh, designate as important to contact. And all you have to do is you get their email, and then you go ahead and send off that email. So today, Matthias Doffner is going to be the recipient of emails. Chancellor Angela Merkel is going to be the recipient of emails. And they, meaning the two four people, the two-a-day people, uh, tell you exactly what email to use and how to go about this. I mean, it really can't be much simpler than this, Helen. That's right. We make it as simple as possible. We don't want we don't want you to worry about it. We give you the wording to use. You can you can use your own wording if you know more about it. You can change it, but we always want you to be respectful. And again, we're not asking for anything for for us. All we want to do is give people a voice. Right. Simple for as that. Israel. All right. Um, I really want this call to action to be a serious one for our listeners, and I hope everybody out there who's tuned in right now and everybody later on who's listening on the archives and anybody out there who has influence with others, if you could uh, you know, ask your WhatsApp group to join this, if you could ask your email list to join this. Helen, what is the easiest way for people to sign up for the daily email 
that will give them the ability to do what you've described? Just go on to a day for Israel.com, and that's the number two, a, a, the number two and the number four. So to a day for Israel.com. Dot com. To so a, the, I'm sorry. Yeah, go ahead. No, I was going to say. Uh, to a day for Israel dot com, and that, and that's definitely it, right? I'm not missing anything. So I'm just not having nothing. Oh, okay, I'm, I'm having yeah. I'm having trouble getting there. That's why I'm asking. Uh, oh, but two yeah. two a day, meaning and no dashes or anything, right? So, as far as I yes, that's I'm so sorry. I'm looking. I'm doing it myself, but yeah, that's the way it's supposed to be. Um. I'm, I'm wondering what I'm doing wrong, but you know what? I'll figure that out on, out on this end. Meanwhile, I'm going to remind everybody that you can go to two a day. That's number two, a day, a d a y. Then the number four, Israel dot com. Right? Two a day for Israel dot com. And when you go to that site, you can sign I'm up. Sorry, so if 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 they can't get on, mm-hmm. uh, they can email me, and then I will I will. If, if I'm doing something wrong, if I'm not, because it is 5 o'clock in the morning, <laughs> email, email me at S-Z-A-R-L-U-I at gmail.com. So it's zarlui at gmail.com, and I will send them the information. Okay. And, um, yeah, I'm just looking to see if on the search it gives us any better idea. Um, okay, basically, uh, and there's also another email address here, by the way, to a day for Israel at gmail.com, right? That's okay, be- let's use that one. So, to a day, it's number two and it's number four. To a day for Israel at gmail.com. Again, to a day for Israel at gmail.com. All you have to do is email them, they will put you on this list. You will be registered, you will receive it every single day, and then you could send off emails or place phone calls. Uh, to supporters of Israel, to those who've been out there, to those who've taken risks uh, with their own reputation by being supporters of Israel and friends of the Jewish people. Uh, Today's example, as you see, a German businessman and the German chancellor of Germany. Uh, They are the ones on the emails today. So again, just email uh, Helen and her team at To A Day, which is To A Day for Israel, the number two, a day, the number four, Israel at gmail.com. To a day for Israel at gmail.com, and they will get you uh, all set up so you'll be able to participate uh, in this very, very important act. You know, Helen, one of the things that I've been frustrated about and that I have been uh, uh, speaking to our Jewish leaders about, uh, not always receptive to what I have to say on this issue, is that we're not often enough given a call to action that's simple, direct, and that really can have an impact over time. I think you've hit all three points on this. It's simple, it's direct, and because it's happening every single day, even in the limited fashion that it is in a couple of minutes each day, nonetheless, it has the potential to have tremendous effect, and I think that's something that you and your team need to know. You're doing something really good, really positive, and really important. Thank you. I I agree, and it gives people a feeling of fulfillment. We've had some great feedback where uh, the staff of members of Congress have actually said to us, Thank you for doing this. You're the silent minority. We have a lot of people who actually yell at us or tell us bad things. It's nice to sometimes hear the good things. Not that we always do, uh, that we thank people. We do 
for example, UTLA, the teachers' uh, union here in Los Angeles is passing an anti-BDS, anti-Israel, let's not send money to Israel uh, resolution, and we are fight- we made calls on that. But we are doing something. We feel like we are actually, we mean something. Yeah, it's it's doing something and doing something that's so critical, so vital, and most importantly, so simple. The folks at Two A Day for Israel, everybody, you'll receive an action that you could do every single day uh, to reach two people. Uh, give them a simple thank you or a simple thumbs up or whatever the case may be through email or through phone, and uh, and you'll be doing something collectively which is uh, going to have a major major impact. They already have. Uh, what you do is reach out to the people at Two a Day for Israel. It's number two a day number four Israel at gmail dot com. Two a day for Israel at gmail dot com. They'll set you up. They'll sign you up. They'll make sure you get those emails every single day, and you'll be able to participate in this call to action. And Helen. Uh, there's another reason why it was worthwhile for you to be up this early in the morning, because frankly, this is the type of thing that we're going to keep hammering home to our listeners, even when you're not on the phone. After this introduction, we're going to be able to re- refer back to it and encourage people every single day to sign up for this service and to become part of it. So, Kolaka vote to you and your entire team. Thank you so much. We really appreciate it, and we are praying for the people in, in Miami also. We certainly are, and I thank you for joining us this morning all the way from the West Coast. This two-a-day concept, everybody, two-a-day for Israel, is what we've been looking for. We've been talking about this for weeks. We've been looking for this. We just want to be told what to do, who to contact, and what to say. And if we can get this into the thousands, it's going to have an unbelievable impact. Make sure, if you're listening right now, I'm begging you, just email them so you can become part of this. Email to a day for Israel at gmail.com to the number two, a day. For the number four, Israel at gmail.com. To a day for Israel at gmail.com. Email them now. Become part of this, and hopefully, there'll be more and more people emailing every single time, and then more and more people will be jumping into action on behalf of, um, of Israel and the Jewish people. More coming up. You're listening to a um, Monday morning edition of JM in the AM. That was my conversation with Helen Zabo of the Two a Day for Israel campaign. Thanks so much for tuning in. Make sure to tune in next week for another edition of JM Rewind and keep on listening to the Nahum Siegel Network.